Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. Hey, I want to tell you about the lab. If you haven't heard, it is wellness. Anywhere you go, you could listen to it like a podcast. Um, they're basically live Zoom classes, but you could listen to them on a run, or you could turn the camera on and engage with them. We have a thriving community of like-minded people trying to live better lives, and it's been amazing. Not only do we have the foundational classes like codependency and and, uh, ch- and trauma and relationships and all that, but we also have a lot of fun classes because it's so hard to make friends as adults, right? So we have tarot card readings, we have soul shower, we have astrology readings. Uh, we're turning wellness into a lifestyle. We're also uh, going to run a retreat soon. So come and hang out with us. Come ride with us. Go to the website to get into uh, the lab and then go download the app. We have a brand new app out with tons of audio. I'm going to give you a discount code um, and this is for a limited time. So if you're listening to this, you could join the lab for only $20. It's like a drop-in fee. For three months, it's $20 a month. Go to tatlab.app. That's tatlab.app. And the discount code is live better. It's case sensitive. So all lowercase, one word, live better. And I will see you in the lab. This is a chapter from my new book, Single on Purpose, titled, My Wife Won't Give Me Blowjobs Anymore. There are some clients you just don't like. They annoy the shit out of you. Sometimes you can't really put your finger on why. Yes, they're defensive, argumentative, and don't want to do the work, but that's not why you don't like them. The problem is not where they're at. It's who they are. They're people you probably wouldn't hang out with in quote-unquote real life, and they keep coming back which is what annoys you the most. Because as a therapist, you can't tell your clients to not come back because they annoy the shit out of you, right? I mean, you can, but you'll probably end up in the back pages of one of those therapist magazines that lists all the therapists who have lost their license. John was one of those clients. He didn't come for himself. He was sent. This happens a lot in my world. Usually men are sent by me, by their girlfriends and wives, who think they're sending their men to behavior camp, convinced they will magically return with manners, emotional tools, and a newfound appreciation for a life in their partner. John told me his wife heard me on Dax, Dax's podcast, which he hadn't listened to himself. His wife thought I could give him some relationship tricks. So many things about the first words that came out of his mouth that really annoyed me. Why did he have to mention that he didn't listen to my episode on Dax's podcast? By the way, the podcast is called Armchair Expert, not Dax's podcast, like he knows Dax personally or something. I'll tell you why. Because he wanted me to know that I wasn't better than him. And of course, that he only wanted relationship tricks, quote unquote, from me. He was too cool for therapy. So he used a phrase that made me sound like a dog trainer. I would have been less annoyed if he just come in and said, listen, Kimbo, I don't believe in therapy. I don't believe in you. I'm just here because my wife won't give me blowjobs anymore. Fix it. If John had said those exact words, I would have fucking loved him. That kind of honesty would have broken down so many walls. Instead, it would take many 
sessions to finally discover that he felt that way. Instead, it would take many sessions to finally discover that he felt that way. John had never gone to therapy because he didn't believe in it. He didn't like me because his wife followed me on social media and listened to my podcast. Even bought one of my relationship audio courses. Hey, real quick, I was just thinking. Um, I'm telling a story about this person's wife who listens to my podcast on my podcast. So they could be listening to this technically. They could be listening to me reading about them. About them finding me on this exact podcast. Anyway, okay, sorry. And this whole thing started because she wouldn't give him a roadhead on the way home from Joshua Tree one night. Of course, it wasn't about the head. It was about him not being present in his marriage because he wasn't over his previous relationship. Let's call her Sally. Sally from the Valley. John met Sally when they were in their mid-20s. It wasn't that sticky codependency young love um, that has... It was that sticky, codependent young love that has you losing yourself in each other. But since John had never gone to therapy, he didn't know it wasn't healthy love. He just remembered how intense it was and how much Sally loved going down on him. But did she really? Or was she afraid to lose him? Did she maybe think that's what a good girlfriend does? I never met Sally but I'm pretty sure she wasn't obsessed with John's penis like he claimed she was. As we continued to process his relationship with Sally, John started to realize how much she had hurt him when she broke up with him. He realized he never really grieved that loss. He never accepted or moved through it. Instead, he compared all the other relationships after that to Sally from the Valley (laughs) because um, that relationship had made the deepest love imprint on him. He finally allowed himself to feel all the pain from that expired relationship. As we followed that string down, we discovered more old wounds from growing up with an alcoholic mother who changed men like socks, toxic men who bullied John and gave him a warped definition of man. He realized how unhealthy his relationship with Sally actually was. He realized how unhealthy his relationship with Sally actually was. This made him question if it had really been love. He finally matched, he finally watched the whole documentary instead of just playing the romance movie trailer over and over again. These realizations gave him fresh lenses and a newfound appreciation for his wife and what they were building. With this new perspective, John was able to be fully present in his relationship and to create a new definition of love, one that wasn't based on others. He was able to build something new, something fresh, something healthy, something real. Two things about the clients who resist therapy. One, you realize you actually do like them once you see the real person with a real story hiding behind that resistance. Two, you realize their initial resistance reminded you of yourself. John's story hit home for me, hard. I could relate to what he was going through. I've also compared my relationships with previous ones. I've judged current loves with with older imprints because the feeling of that young love in the past was so powerful. I hadn't yet learned that relationship dysfunction feels like crack cocaine. And that's what I was chasing. Not love. Real love doesn't knock your socks off. Real love holds up a mirror. That um, is kind of the point of this episode and what I wanted to really um, present to you is this last sentence. Real love doesn't knock your socks off. Real love holds up a mirror. So I used to think 
that real love does knock your socks off, right? I used to think that love meant you met someone and you couldn't um, not hang out with that person, not think about that person. Um, I thought real love meant uh, your life revolves around that person. There's a lyric from a Fleetwood Mac song, and I think it's from the song Landslide, where she says, I've been afraid of changing because I built my life around you. And yes, that's romantic. Uh, but is that healthy? No, of course not. That's, that's codependency, right? That's a measurement. And when I heard that song in my 20s for the first time, I was like, yeah, that's what love's about, you know, building your life around someone. And that, that sticky, um, super, I don't know what to call it, but it's like, uh, a bed of dopamine and uh, wanting to lose yourself in someone else because it feels so good, right? And um, loving someone means that you guys become one person. I always thought that was so romantic. And um, hey, Logan, I'm doing a podcast. Can you keep it down, please? Can you keep it down? These these episodes are not edited. Uh, but that lyric now... As a 47-year-old, I, I see it with different lenses. And this is, it's a great marker because this is how I know that I've changed is it's the same lyric, right? The, the, the lyric hasn't changed, but my, my perception and definition of love has because now I hear that lyric. I was just, I was on my motorcycle the other day. By the way, my motorcycle has a radio, which is a whole different uh, conversation because um, I told myself I would never buy a Grandpa Harley with a radio. Those are so obnoxious. Um, and here I am rolling up to red <laughs> red lights blasting 80s music um for everyone around me to hear anyway uh landslide came on and i was listening to it and that lyric came on and uh when i heard it i'm so afraid of changing or i was afraid of changing because i built my life around you um it wasn't romantic anymore it was sad you know, and so in my twenties, when I heard that, it was romantic and it was amazing. I was like, "Yeah, that's love." And then now, as a forty-seven-year-old, it just it felt so sad to me. And I, and I thought to myself, "Wow," because uh, I know that that uh, song "Landslide" is actually based on her real life story and, and love and all that. And I think when she was in her early twenties. And so uh, I was thinking, "Damn, Stevie Nicks, man, she uh, experienced codependency, and and um, she was there," you know. Um, and I wrote, or I had this chapter in my book, uh, this whole, um, my wife doesn't give me blowjobs anymore, <laughs> because one, it's never about blowjobs, meaning it's never about what's on the surface. But um, I thought this was a relatable story, uh, us comparing new love to old love and thinking because it's different that it's not real love, if that makes sense, right? Um and once we process this, we realize that the old love, that was not love. That was dysfunction. Although powerful and although um, possibly uh, romantic and all of that, that wasn't love. That was, um, that was crazy. <laughs> that was trauma bonding. That was chaos. That was things that smelt familiar. And then as we grow and change and give ourselves new experiences, um, love no longer is a roller coaster ride, right? Love is uh, consistent. Love is uh, sometimes boring, 
and love takes work and love is built and you shouldn't have to um, be afraid of changing because you built your life around someone. That is not love. That is called a prison. So I don't know where you're at in your life today, whether you're single or in a relationship. Um, but ask yourself if you are doing these things. Ask yourself if you're comparing the, the relationship that you're in now, the love you're trying to build now um, with previous love, right? Uh, that's always, and this is something that I've struggled with, right? Uh, that's always a dangerous thing to do because usually our earlier imprints are deep, but they're, they weren't healthy. So it's not fair to compare healthy love to um, dysfunctional love because what you're doing is you're thinking back and comparing the feeling, the highs, the dopamine. And that's not what a healthy relationship looks like. That's just the crack, you know, from the, the, the dysfunction. So stop comparing your relationships, um, any love relationships. And if you're not in a relationship and you're single, um, same message as you go on your singlehood journey and um, invest in, in people who you want to invest in. Um, don't compare new love experiences with the old. Thank you for listening. If you found this dialogue helpful, um, maybe you can share it um, or pass it along. Ho hopefully it will help others as well. And if you haven't picked up my book, uh, you could pick it up anywhere. If you want to come to my website and pick it up, you'll get a month free in our lab, live Zoom classes, because there's no better time to, than to work on yourself than right now. And do it with the thriving community, Casual Over Clinical. It's super fun. It's all live. Um, so just go to www. Do people still say www. I, I got to stop saying that. Go to tat-lab.com and uh, hit new book, the tab that says new book, and you will uh, find the deal there. And uh, I will see you in the lab. Thank you for listening. Be well. Listen, if you are great at helping other people and you have a passion for that, and you want to find personal freedom and level up the skills you already have, it's time to become a life coach. Journey coaching. When I became a coach, there was nothing like this out there. And so I developed this coaching training program alongside Noel Cordeaux. Journey coaching. That's J-R-N-I. And it is amazing. It's 100% live. It's everything that I wish I had when I was starting out. Meaningful, evidence-based education, real people, real community lifetime support and business development, ICF certified. Just go to theangrytherapist.com, my website, and click on Become a Coach and explore the Journey Coaching Intensive. See you in class.